we're gonna enjoy this tonight, but on Friday, we're gonna have another team meeting and we're gonna get locked in on next year. Hey everyone, welcome back to Protect the Rock, the Clemson podcast from The Athletic. I'm Nicole Auerbach, she's Grace Rayner, and we are checking in after, I guess, National Signing Day, the late signing day. Clemson did not sign anybody. Um, but Davos Sweeney had a press conference, talked for the first time really since LSU, and uh, talked about Travis Etienne coming back. And then a lot of assistants got paid big money. So, Grace, it's been a pretty eventful week down in your neck of the woods. It has, yeah. So after things were pretty quiet through the end of January, coaches were on the recruiting trail a lot. Davos has been traveling a lot. Um, they were back in Clemson this week to kind of celebrate this class that they signed back in December. They had like a, a barbecue event to do that this week um, and yeah, to get these assistants paid. So it's uh, it's perfect timing for all of these coaches who now um, are going to be off for like the next week or so. So they are generously compensated and have a few days to, to kind of wind down a little bit. Yeah, maybe plan a vacation, maybe go buy a loved one, a nice present. Um, so let's talk a little bit about those first. Um, so obviously everything needs to be rubber stamped by the board of trustees, which is where you are recording this podcast. You are hiding out somewhere with a lot of doors that you are (laughs) avoiding all the people who are the trustees somehow. Um, what, where actually do they do that? Is is that on campus somewhere? It is on campus. Yes. It's at a, a conference center that also has a hotel and a restaurant attached. So, they all come in from different parts of South Carolina and kind of bunker down for um, they're they're here Thursday and Friday of this week. So they're just kind of going one by one through everything they need to get checked off. And first on the list Thursday morning was the compensation committee. Okay, so the big news is Tony Elliott is now the highest paid offensive coordinator in the country that we know of. Right. This is, I guess, the schools that have to release figures. Um, that's a big bump for him. Yes, it is. So, yeah, that's the big news coming out of Clemson. And obviously, I mean, we, we don't know what other schools are also having these same meetings when. So this is all very fluid and could change at any point. But right now, Tony Elliott's $1.6 million salary for 2020 would have made him the highest paid offensive coordinator in 2019. So um, he gets a $600,000 boost. Obviously, there's a lot of money left over from Jeff Scott, who we know is now at USF. Um, he, he and Tony were both making a million last year, so there was some extra money there to compensate Tony generously as he's now the solo OC, and then also get some of these other offensive assistants some raises and, and get new wide receivers coach Tyler Grisham on the payroll. Okay, so what else um, is noteworthy out of that? Is it just that you know they're taking care of the people that have been part of this, that are building? I mean, that you kind of promoting from within a little bit here. Um, you know, since Jeff Scott left, but what are other takeaways? Is it really just that they're, you know, reinvesting in their people? Yeah, I think that's the big one is that they're making a commitment to kind of keep these assistant coaches here and keep them happy. Tony's deal is three years. Um, Venables is is five. So I I was pretty curious about why Clemson decided to go five for Venables, but only three for Elliott. And that was something that athletic director Dan Radakovich had said he and Dabo Sweeney didn't really go down that road in their conversation. So I'm not entirely sure what the back story of that is. Um, But Tony's a big one. Venables being added through 2025 is a big one. And then Tyler Grisham, I mean, this was a guy who before he became the wide receivers coach to replace Jeff Scott um, was kind of in in an analyst role doing that kind of stuff. And his salary has now gone up from 
about 94000 last year to about 300000 this year. So mm. the Grisham's um, salary has, has just been tripled. Awesome. So everything is set from a, from a staff standpoint, um, which is more than we can say about some of the other major programs in college football. Our friends over at Green and White Noise have had lots <laughs> to cover this week. Poor Colton and Chris, State. man. With Michigan State's sudden coaching search the day before signing day. Um, but let's let's go back to on-field stuff. Um, now, Dabo really hasn't talked since the night of the championship game, if I have that correctly. So um, how, how does he feel about that game now with, you know, some weeks removed and, and some time to think about it? Yeah, so we I, you're right. I mean, we, we haven't seen him locally um, since before New Orleans. This was kind of the first time that we got to see him after the aftermath of all of that. So we talked to him probably for a solid 45 minutes on Wednesday, just kind of going soup to nuts, everything that has been going on. Um, but, you know, he was saying the, the thing I probably found the most interesting about the LSU game was that, and you, Nicole, you wrote a really good story about this, was that Clemson had never seen Trevor Lawrence lose a game. And so... Right afterwards, um, kind of after we left and, and the media was done, it, it sounds like Trevor went around the locker room and kind of individually addressed everyone. And Dabo had said, you know, that was something that I really wanted to pay attention to was how are these guys that have never lost a game in their college career going to handle this, but how is Trevor Lawrence going to handle this? And it sounds like Dabo really studied Trevor to see how he would, you know, deal with losing for the first time since he was in high school. So um, it sounds like Trevor is – is on a good path. They really liked his leadership. Obviously, they returned so much. And then the other big story, as we've also talked about on this podcast, was Clemson's getting Travis Etienne back, which is yeah. a really big deal. So I thought it was really interesting that Dabo was saying that, you know, he he knew that things were possibly trending in that direction, but it surprised him. And I thought that was really honest because I think that, you know, a lot of coaches – would possibly think selfishly like, oh, I want everyone who's potentially draft eligible to come back. Um, you know, he's been fortunate with that with the D-line a couple years ago um, where people are making these kind of surprising decisions to get that one last year of eligibility. But I, I did think it was it was pretty honest to say that he was surprised that Travis decided to come back. Yeah, so it sounds like they had a conversation before, you know, bowl season kind of started and postseason and and I thought that the way that Dabo explained it to us on Wednesday was really fascinating. He he had said that, you know, he wanted to see where Travis was first before he dove into, okay, let's talk about your future, let's talk about, you know, your draft grade, all this stuff. So he kind of opened the floor up to Travis without saying anything on his end first, just to kind of gauge Travis. And that was when Travis had said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about leaning towards coming back. And, and Dabo had this moment where he was like, really? You know, so he was surprised in the moment. But of course, when Travis made the announcement to us and to the public, you know, weeks later, he wasn't super thrown off. But um, Dabo was pretty candid about that conversation. And, and he had said Travis got a second round grade, which, you know, a lot of people could make the argument. That's that's a good enough grade. Go. Yeah. Especially I, I when you're say, the running back. As, yeah. I was going to say as a running back, um, I don't know that you would necessarily like assume a first round grade. Anymore. Yeah. Just the, the way that the game is right now. Um, and, you know, this is something that that you and I have talked about with running backs. We, we, we talk all through season, like assuming that Travis was leaving. Right. Because. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, traditionally and, you know, on average, the shelf life, the careers of running backs in the NFL aren't that long. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you, you and Mike talked about this because um, I wasn't able to do that episode that week. But it really is 
something to have a running back make a decision like that, considering the shelf life, considering the money at stake, um, to show that it's not just about money. It's not just about that first paycheck. Um, and so it is a huge boost for Clemson, and it really does kind of make it seem unfair with the amount of talent returning offensively. Um, and, and you and I have talked a little bit about the importance of the offensive line in all of that as well. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll probably know more about the O-line and, and that piece to that puzzle as we get into spring football, which um, starts pretty soon, actually. I'm looking at snow right now, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it's, it's, almost, it's almost spring football. Oh, my gosh, it's snowing in Chicago? It is snowing in Chicago. We got a couple inches down and it's kind of like blustering around. But like there's this big snowstorm that is like taking over half the country right now. It's like from Texas to um, like Missouri to all over. Um, so maybe maybe you'll get snow, Grace. Do you ever get snow? Dang. Um, not often. We got some flurries last week and school is canceled, which was amazingly for, funny. For- for flurries. Yeah, nothing stuck. But it's like 60 here right now. So the temperature is really nice, but it's just the rain. It's been raining nonstop and like tornado like conditions. It, the weather's been really disgusting, but the temperature is actually very warm. Okay. Well, definitely, you know, the same experience that I'm having right now looking out at the <laughs> snow. But yeah, I mean, I do think, you know, the O line, we've talked about being, you know, a, a really an important focus area, um, you know, for fans and for, for us as we follow, um, you know, this team as it grows. What, what else jumped out to you about Dabo yesterday when you were able to talk to him for the first time in a while? Yeah, I mean, so he's been traveling like crazy, which I think that that's something that we kind of, I don't know. I mean, it's not that that necessarily surprised me, but just like every year I feel like I'm just in awe of Dabo's uh, endurance, <laughs> his stamina. So basically they got back from national championship, had one day off, and then he hit the road every single day up until basically now. Um, so he's been out recruiting. We've talked about Clemson already getting that big commitment for the class of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the other things that I thought were interesting that we talked about were um, we, we talked about Chase Bryce and, and Dabo made a call to David Cutcliffe over at Duke, who um, you, you can always kind of tell who Dabo's mentors and, and who he really respects in this industry are. And, and Cutcliffe, I, he had said, was kind of in the top two or three. So. Um, I thought that was fascinating that he gave him a call and talked about Chase, and it sounds like that's going to be a good fit there. Um, we did get some injury news. Um, I would say the biggest one is that Niles Pinkney is still nursing back an ankle and is, is rehabbing there, and they'll kind of know a little more once spring comes. Um, and Andrew Booth is going to sort of get his knee cleaned up, um, but he should be back. But certainly Travis – not Travis, excuse me, Niles um, – I thought that was a – I think that's pretty big news considering, you know, we saw last year Tyler Davis come in and use spring to his advantage when, when Jordan Williams was hurt, and then he went and earned that starting spot. And now I'm I'm curious if Brian Brzee, this incoming freshman, might have a similar trajectory if Niles is maybe not 100%. Well, and, and then really the big news was that he will be in the fridge package. Right, yes. Brian Brzee is next in the fridge package. I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah, but also that's like a big, you know, that is a a uh, spotlight role. Oh, for, for sure, yeah. Like, I mean, I want, I want to be in the fridge package, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like a package that, I mean, Clemson guys fight over this, you know, like they are, they're trying to make their case, they're begging to get in it, and that ca- that that package is reserved for the most athletic big guys, basically. You know, yeah. I mean, we saw I love, John Simpson love- do it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I love that you, your tweet about this has 158 likes. The only reply <laughs> is from Ryan Mulligan, and the response is, this made my night. Um, like, Fun people, story on Ryan Mulligan. He's He was in my intramural Trevor Lawrence basketball story. <laughs> I just love that there is that much interest in the, fr- in the fridge package, which, like, honestly, that's how I feel about it. So... I, I respect that. I think that's I think that's awesome. And and you're right. It absolutely says something about the athleticism. Of yes, Brian Brise. Did I say it right? Br- it's Brazee. Yeah, Brazee. So Brzee. this this 2020 class has some tricky names. It's Brazee, Uyunga Lele. Um, we got some tricky like we got to figure out phonetically how to get this down. Can we just say I'm Dabo Dabo every time? <laughs> that was really oh yeah, Ajoa Joe. That's another one. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Grace will keep us on our toes about pronunciations. That's for sure. Um, we also learned, I can't believe we're burying this news, but Dabo Swinney, happy athletic subscriber. Wow, I know. That was so, okay. So let me tell you about this moment. Yes, in well, let's walk this conference. through because Max Olson is a dear friend of ours. He's in the Bachelor group chat, which is the inner, like the sacred circle of trust. I haven't watched no, yet, ahead. by the way. I need to watch. I won't spoil it. Go ahead. I mean, Reality Steve will spoil it, and I will read it. Anyway, okay, so we're sitting in um, Dabo's press conference on Wednesday to sort of kick off signing day, and, and you know, Dabo has always been a big proponent of not getting too much into these recruiting rankings, um, and I think if anyone can really legitimately make that argument, it's probably Dabo Sweeney, who has turned more two- and three-star talent into superstars than... I mean, more than anyone I can think of when you look at Hunter Renfro, Nolan Turner, Isaiah Simmons, Kayvon Wallace. Clemson just has like a knack for finding these undervalued recruits and making them stars. Anyway, so he's always been very adamant about how he thinks that we should be ranking these classes four years later. Like, let's see what they did. Let's see who graduated, you know, what the retention was. Um, he's not big on on potential. And that's exactly what Max Olsen did in his annual project for The Athletic, where he goes through and he re-ranks all of the classes. Um, and Clemson- exactly, exactly four years later. Exactly four years later. And so the 2016 class, um, Clemson's 2016 class was ranked 11 nationally. And in our re-rank, and Max's re-rank was number one. And so someone sent that to Dabo Sweeney, who loved the article and was like, there was a great article in The Athletic about the re-ranks. And he was like, Grace, I don't know if you wrote it. I was like, no, I did not. That was Max. And um, he just had this this moment where he was really excited about the, the article. And then later on Wednesday night, Clemson had an event for, golly, probably thousands of fans that, you know, kind of paid for a um, – Chick-fil-A kind of catering recruiting wrap-up event where they got to hear from all the early enrollees for the first time. And Davo mentioned it again. So um, really grateful to Davo for sharing Max's story, which is a really awesome story. Max worked his tail off, just the data and the, and the time that it took to put that all together. Max spent tons of hours on it. So I'm glad that he's getting some well-deserved publicity for such a cool project. Right, and it, it is interesting because of the way that people kind of evaluate the classes as they're forming because you know and and this is why you can only do this the benefit of hindsight but you know max is able to assign certain values to becoming a starter to you know significant playing time and things like that and then also impact of transfers right whereas like in the moment right now as we look at like the 24 7 composite like they're not able to do that. They're it's all projecting. It's all based on you know the recruiting evaluations. It doesn't take into consideration grad transfers. 
Um, and so you see things happen where like Clemson had the number one class for most of the cycle through December and then gets bumped and is now number three, which basically is the same thing anyway. But like it's still all based on potential. It, you know, like, we don't know if this class is going to pan out. It probably will when you're talking about elite talent like that. But the re-rank is able to evaluate who actually stays and who actually is impactful. Um, and that is something that when you get excited about like where your recruiting class ranks right now, you have no idea how that is going to play out. Yeah, I mean, I thought one of the most interesting things when you look at that Clemson 2016 class, and Max and I talked about this, was you can make an argument that the three stars were more productive than a lot of the four stars. I mean, three stars in that class are Isaiah Simmons, Tremaine Ankrum, James Skowski, Kayvon Wallace. I mean, these were all regular starters on Clemson's yep. national championship team last year and and into this year where they're competing for another title. I mean, it's just I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get I don't want to get yelled at by Ari Wasserman, our Ohio State colleague. Like I know stars matter, um, but there is something to be said for let's look at this in hindsight and see how this really panned out and what reality versus potential is. Yes, and and I think that you know there's also certain places where you can develop a three star into an NFL, you know, prospect and like a you know an early round draft pick, right? Whereas like Ari's main point is you can't build a full roster off of like two and three star guys. Sure, like that is going to impact whether or not you can actually compete for a championship versus you know have a nice season, right? And so you have to have I the think- fo- the four and five stars. As well. Yes. And and I think that Clemson does a really good job mixing that plus the player development standpoint. And that's how you get those three star guys that become like linchpins for your team. Um, and I think that, you know, they're one of those places that I think other people try to emulate with that as well, because they're able to get the right personalities, the right fit five star guys. Right. Where we have seen other schools kind of reach up and get a couple of those guys and it kind of throws everything off in the locker room. And so, like, I, I am curious because Clemson does did sign more five star recruits than anybody else in the country this year how they describe that fit because it is so hard when you're talking about guys who are so good that they're being told they're so good all the time. Sure. And you know, it's just, it's, it's a different world when you're talking about talent like that and the way that they're kind of treated by other people. It is. Yeah. I mean, I think what the, the luxury that Clemson has now and, and Dabo talked about this when he was speaking to the fans on Wednesday night, the luxury they have now is that, they can be basically as selective as they want to be, and they can go wherever they want to go, and they can make their circle very small. So while they do have five five stars, which is the most in the country, um, they feel like these five five stars are very low maintenance, like very low key. They don't they don't really at this point they don't need to go get someone who is going to be a distraction or going to cause issues. I mean their their brand has grown so much to where they can now. Basically, instead of uh, – they could basically do interviews, honestly, if, if, if we're being completely honest. Like, yes, they still have to recruit and they still have to get these kids to want to come to Clemson, but they can just be so much pickier in terms of culture, fit, identity, personality, uh, you name it. They're, they're just not in a place where they're desperate for five stars to you know, change the entire makeup of their program. Exactly, and that is where I think some other programs – Again, back to Michigan State, Michigan State, that 2016 class actually was part of basically it, it kind of led to where we are now. And it's 
about, you know, you reach a certain level of success, you're making the playoff, you're winning big championships, and you go for a type of athlete, a type of person that isn't like the ones that built you to get to that point, and it throws things off. They're, they're more higher risk, potentially higher reward. And I think that a lot of coaches, especially as they're climbing and like the program is getting better and better, and you have those opportunities for the first time to get four and five star guys when you haven't, that is really tempting. Um, but I think that Clemson's always done a really good job of finding the right ones. Um, and, and, and that's been really important to all of this. Um, what else is, what, what are you keeping an eye on now as we kind of like everything dies down, the contracts are done, signing day is done. Um, what, what, what's next? What's next for Clemson right now? So they're going to start spring practice in 20 days, which is, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like Dabo was even saying, he was joking, you know, we're the last ones off the field and the first ones back on, uh, which is true. They've had probably the the shortest layoff of anyone. So I'm kind of I'm excited to see how these spring battles kind of play out. Um, I really am looking forward to seeing what Brian Brzee does at that D tackle spot. I think that he's someone that could compete for a starting role pretty early. So I've got my eye on that. Um, just as a, hu- a human being who kind of likes the drama of the recruiting cycle, like, I, Nicole, we haven't talked about this, but I am – incredibly fascinated by the Jordan Birch situation in South Carolina. Yes. And I think yes. Josh Kendall has done an extremely good job reporting on something that just makes absolutely no sense at all. Um, and, and, you know, it's not a secret. Clemson wanted Birch, you know, so I have no clue what's going on over there, but I've, yeah, we're, I have we're my recording popcorn this, out. Yeah, we're recording this midday on Thursday. Now, the latest is that he, again, like said he's going to South Carolina. He, again, is wearing the gear posing for photos, but South Carolina does not have a national letter of intent from him. Which is, I just don't understand. Like, that just makes no sense to me. And, well, he doesn't have to do that. He could do a financial aid agreement. But, again, you need to mail in the thing that actually, like, rubber stamps your commitment. And he did this in December as well. And, Josh, you're right. Josh Kendall has done a great job kind of going through the timeline of all of this because – after both cases, I think he's tried to interview Birch. He's tried to interview his mom. All of these things to figure out, you know, like, hey, did that letter get sent? And, like, he keeps getting blocked from interviewing and asking that question. Um, and so it's it's bizarre, but you're right. It's kind of like an old-school, crazy recruiting story. Um, and it's just been a while since we've had one like this. It really has. And, I mean, and I, I was reading Josh's story earlier um, on The Athletic, which is – I think Josh is breaking it down as as well as anyone in terms of what to deduce from this situation. But he was saying there was a line in there about how I think Birch's mom got asked about the letter and she kind of um, pursed her lips together and did the uh, like my lips are sealed motion with her hand type thing. And so I just don't really know. I'm trying to figure out what the end goal is here. Like if there's still some uncertainty about where he wants to be, okay, I understand that, but that's not the vibe we're getting. He's showing up with a South Carolina hat. He's signing, uh, mm-hmm. allegedly, a piece of paper, you know? Um, so I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated to, I don't know if we'll ever figure out what the end goal here was, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's just setting him up for a, I don't know. I mean, we, we talked just a minute ago about personality and fit at programs. Yeah. I, I feel like it's setting him up to maybe have some tension on this team once he does join them. Yeah, and, and it's – I will say – I was saying it's been a while since we've had some drama. 
Um, my actual favorite story from signing day does not involve the state of South Carolina. Ooh, but, no. okay, this is from a Shreveport, Louisiana, like, station slash um, local news site. They said that there was a high school football player at Northwood High School who committed in a ceremony to Ole Miss and said, like, all the right things, like, coaching staff, love me when I got there, you know, going to play in the SEC, all of these things. And Ole Miss was like, we did not offer this person and we have no paperwork on them. Oh, my gosh. Wait, when was this? This was yesterday as well. Wait, this was this Um, year? Yes, this, this is like a lane, this is a Lane Kiffin coached Ole Miss team. Yes, um, this is and amazing. this is someone yes named Detravion Brown, and the story is very funny <laughs> because the um, the school did not comment on it, um, but two sources told KTAL that Brown did have a Division One scholarship on the table and proceeded with signing a fake letter of commitment to <gasps> Ole Miss anyway. Oh my gosh! Why would you do that? Honestly, hot take. Will it into existence, man? I, I appreciate the confidence. But that is I, that is seriously the craziest thing I've ever heard. I kind of love it. I kind of love it. It's, I, I do too. It, it's spicy. We've this, seen, the we've These seen are so some good hoaxes. I, I know. We've seen some good hoaxes like where it's made up player and all that. Like someone who's never played. But like this is someone who you potentially have an offer that you are going to now. You're going to blow that opportunity. So we don't know what his actual offer is. No, we do not yet. But <laughs> what position does he play? Um, that is a great question. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Wow. And I'm guessing that this story came out when like Ole Miss probably announced their class. And he just was like not on there. And he was not listed. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that's what it is. But that's pretty funny to do it in front of like family in front of local media and just to be making it up completely that is the recruiting signing day story that we needed that we deserve dang this kid needs to join logan rudolph in hollywood he like he would be a tremendous actor absolutely um all right well on that note let's wrap it up um we are protect the rock clemson podcast from the athletic she's grace rayner i'm nicole auerbach we just a programming note. We will not be going weekly from now on um, for the rest of the off season. We will be sporadic. We'll be as needed. News pops up, um, certain markers, spring football, the draft, things like that. Um, so just make sure that you are following us wherever you get your podcast, so you will get alerts and notifications when we have new episodes. Um, but until then, interact with us on Twitter, email us at the Athletic. Um, we'll be in the comment section. We'll talk to you soon. Um, Hope everyone enjoys the off season. We'll talk to you later.